Awesome. All right. Welcome back to the Spring to Life podcast. I'm Caitlin. I am your host. I'm a holistic hormone health coach, fertility awareness educator, and Pilates instructor. I'm also the creator of the Spring to Life Method, which is a lifestyle approach for women. And I'm excited today because I have a special guest on this podcast. I have Michaela Koo. She is the co-founder of Chronically Hacked and My July. And she is here to tell us about her story today and her wellness journey. So welcome, Michaela. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I would love to start just learning a little bit more about you, maybe a little bit about your background, where you grew up and where you find yourself now. I'm originally from New York. I was born on Long Island. Then when I was two, my family and I moved to Connecticut. And then when I was 13, my dad got a job transfer, which transferred him out to the Bay Area. So we all moved there. And then most recently, about three years ago, I moved to LA. So I have been living on either coast for about half of my life, which is pretty fun and interesting. And I feel like I am pretty much like both um personalities of I always ask myself like oh I'm more east coast or west coast and I am pretty laid back so I'm pretty west coast but I'm also very um very motivated and driven so that's very east coast of me so that is in a nutshell um where I grew up and where I moved where I am now But the juicy part of it is living with a chronic illness most of my life and not really knowing that I had a chronic illness growing up because I just assumed that all of my weird ailments were normal. Because when you grow up feeling like that, you just assume that that's your normal because you don't experience life outside of that. So when I was born um, in Long Island, I was brought home to a home that had toxic black mold that we didn't know about until later when we went to sell the house and we discovered all this black mold in the basement in the closet and we wouldn't have known unless we um tore down walls which we did to um do some work on the house before we sold it and doing all this research uh after I was diagnosed um which was only about three years ago I have um, learned that it can be spread, mold can be spread um, in utero. And I suspect that that's what happened with me. So pretty much since day one, I had a body that was in a state of fight or flight, always in a state of inflammation, which makes me a very unique case. So um, then in Connecticut, I was always playing in the yard. We had an acre of property. Deer would traipse through the backyard all the time. We had dogs and the dogs would get ticks. Mm -hmm. So I remember my mom pulling the ticks off of the dogs periodically. And I'm sure that I probably got bit by a tick and then contracted Lyme from that. And I always had these rashes all over my body. We thought it was eczema. So even if I did get the classic bullseye rash, that only happens to 25% or less 
of those bit by a tick, I probably wouldn't even have noticed because my body had rashes all over it most of the time anyway. So that was one of my symptoms, rashes on my body. I would get these weird pains in the arches of my feet, digestive issues, ringing in my ears, terrible brain fog, anxiety, things that most really young kids don't deal with. It's interesting that I didn't get the classic flu or ear infections or colds like a lot of my peers got, which again, it's not normal, but it's a lot more mainstream than what I was dealing with. I always say I was the poster child for the odd and unusual if something <laughs> weird happened, it would happen to me. So that's how I think I got Lyme. Lyme also can be spread by any biting insect. It's a common misconception that it's only through ticks. That's the most um, mainstream way that people like just automatically think of like, oh, ticks, Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. But it can also be spread by mosquitoes, sand flies, fleas, bed bugs. So uh, it can be spread through, oh, spiders, a variety of ways. And I was also um, like, just mosquitoes loved me. So <laughs> if it wasn't through a tick, it was through a mosquito or who knows, maybe both times. Um, I've gotten probably infected more than once. So that was uh, my childhood growing up, not feeling well. And how I think that it was caused by the mold and the Lyme. I also have parasite overgrowth, candida overgrowth, and Hashimoto's disease. And all of these, I should mention that when you have Lyme disease, most often you also have mold. You also often have parasites. And if all of these go undetected or misdiagnosed for a prolonged amount of time, it could lead to other issues such as thyroid disorders, which is what I ended up getting, which is my Hashimoto's disease. So it often comes as a package deal. It's very unique to only have mold and not Lyme or vice versa, because once you become immunocompromised, then you become more of a magnet to getting all of these other diseases along the way. Wow. That is that's quite the list. And I think it's so interesting you having this unique experience of basically from birth being exposed to mold toxicity and growing up with those symptoms. I cannot imagine what it would be like being a child having to deal with brain fog. That's something that I dealt with in my 20s before I really began my hormone health healing journey. That was just one of those like quote unquote normal symptoms that you deal with. And I think that brain fog and fatigue is really debilitating. So you think of kids as being really active and, you know, wanting to do all of the things, but then having to navigate that through brain fog, like how did your symptoms, do you feel like affect your experience through childhood? It's so interesting because I've never experienced a well body. I'm still going through my healing journey. I'm a lot better than I was before, but I always ask myself, what is my true personality? because it has been altered by my illnesses. I was extremely anxious as a young child because I'd have this brain fog and I would be so shy to speak up, whether it be in school or just among my peers or even in instance when I was with adults, because 
I would get memory, like re- have memory recall issues and mm-hmm. forget names. And then I would be living in my head and think, well, if I start to say something, I'm so afraid that I'm going to forget what I was saying. And then people are going to laugh at me or they probably wouldn't laugh at me, but you just conjure up this like embarrassing moment mm-hmm. that you don't want to have happen. And I always wonder, like, did that make me super shy and nervous all the time? Would I have been more outspoken and extroverted? I'm naturally an introverted person, but I don't know if the Lyme amplified that or if I have been extroverted completely if it wasn't for my Lyme and mold and all my other illnesses. But I always did these like gymnastics around my issues Mm -hmm. I always thought that I was more creative and out of the box of a thinker and I thought that a lot of people and which is true who are creative are a little bit more um like avant-garde thinkers if that's the right term for it like they they don't stick to the mainstream and they do they are like a little bit odd and a little bit off but Mm -hmm. in a good way but Mm -hmm. I thought well that's probably me then like I was super creative I loved art I just loved anything that was um artistic creative so that's what I chalked my personality up to Mm-hmm. So I just kept telling myself these narratives to try to um, make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, my brain fog, my like having difficulty concentrating, uh, my difficulty following instructions, that must be because I'm super creative and I just like cannot be stuck in a box. Mm-hmm. So that's what I just assumed was why my brain worked the way it did now granted it was very um even though it was hard to function in school I somehow managed to get straight A's like I would just power through memorizing all the material I needed to memorize just to get an A on the test or to pass some sort of project exam or what have you and then I would retain nothing and Mm -hmm. I would just like all the information would just go right out of my head. So I just did whatever it took to be a straight A student and from the outside look like I had it all together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds somewhat tiring. And as you were explaining that, it kind of um, triggered a memory for me. Uh, So I was a professional ballet dancer from my late teens through my mid 20s and Along with that came all of these uh, body image issues and, uh, you know, thoughts around food and disordered eating patterns and things like that. And when you become so consumed by that, I didn't even realize how much mental space it was taking up for me. So I'm curious now, uh, you said that you're still, you know, in your healing journey, but now that you've been able to maybe like uncover some of the things that you have been going through and maybe addressing some of your symptoms, do you feel like that has like freed up some of that mental space for you and maybe even helped you connect with yourself a little bit deeper? Oh my goodness. Yes. A hundred percent. I should also mention that as a kid, I kept all of my symptoms to myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell my parents anything. 
except for my eczema, quote unquote eczema. We'll get on that later. Um, it actually wasn't eczema, but we thought that's what it was. That's all the, mm-hmm. what all the dermatologists told us it was. But I obviously couldn't hide that. So that's basically all my parents thought that I had as far as issues. They were like, oh, Michaela's healthy. She doesn't get sick. Like she doesn't get the flu. She doesn't get Mm -hmm. a cold. She just has these rashes on her body. That's all. They didn't know anything about my weird digestive issues. I would constantly have stomach aches and get bloated and be constipated. And I'd also, I said, get these weird pains in the arches of my feet. And I remember just faking it like during recess in school just pretending like oh I want to do arts and crafts during recess I don't want to go running around with the other kids or I'll just play in the sandbox here mm-hmm. and the reason why was because my feet hurt so much I literally like couldn't walk mm-hmm. so I would just try to get around all of my symptoms and figure out a way to function without me having to say like oh this is happening to me mm-hmm. so I remember one time when I was in I think first grade I was so used to getting stomach aches after lunch I guess I was just clutching my stomach like kind of like this mm-hmm. and I didn't realize I was doing it it was just like some a natural reaction because I was just so used to my stomach hurting that one of the teachers went up to me and she's like why do you have your arms around your stomach Michaela and I didn't even realize I was doing it and I was so embarrassed after that because I was like oh no I let my guard down like I'm not supposed to tell people I have all these weird issues because mm-hmm. I'm so embarrassed about it and I think that's why I never told my parents because it's not something that you're proud of and I here was like such a, a like a, a model student mm-hmm. and I didn't want to taint or tarnish my image by telling my parents like actually it's not just the rashes on my body like I have these weird gut issues I have this weird brain fog the crippling anxiety and Mm -hmm. I'm like five years old like there's nothing that I should be super anxious about at that time and I have weird joint pain so um, I never told my parents about it so now that I'm in my healing journey yes it's such a relief to be able to speak openly about it and I still live with my parents. I'm 29 and I know that's not sexy at all. I still live with my parents. <laughs> I have a really good relationship with them. But to be co- quite honest, my medical expenses are so insane that just to um, keep finances low and um, just to keep it um, very simple with um, living with my parents just help me out so much when I am going through like a flare or something they'll go to the store for me and mm-hmm. it's like having like a live-in caretaker not that I need to have like a live-in nurse or anything like that but it's just it's so nice to be able to live freely with my illness out in the open and them knowing what I'm dealing with and I share a lot on social media we'll Mm -hmm. get into chronically hacked the um, online course that my friend and I who also has Lyme started too but it it's such a relief just to be able to have it out in the open and not be holding it all in and I just I feel so much sympathy for that young Michaela who had all of these weird things that she was dealing with 
and not knowing the cause of it and just being so scared in her body and just holding it all in. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, it's so great that you have that support system and you have the, that your parents are available for you to be able to live with them and you can rely on them in that way. And I was thinking, as you're talking about your experience as a young child, like that's all you really knew of your existence. So it was probably at such a young age, hard for you to even begin to articulate some of the things that you're experiencing, because like you said, they were normal for you. Exactly. So later on in my late teens, my symptoms got much, much worse. And at that time, it was just a point where I couldn't ignore them anymore. I couldn't drink a glass of water without being in crippling pain. And I thought to myself, I surely can't be allergic to everything I put in my mouth. Let's just insane so it's at that point on when I was in my late teens that I finally told my parents look guys there's something terribly wrong with my digestion Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with this joint pain that is just causing me to not be able to sleep I was at a point where I was stretching for multiple hours a day and it was just this insatiable desire to stretch my body because it would be so stiff feeling otherwise and it was affecting my day to day Mm -hmm. like if someone asked me hey do you want to go see a movie or something I'd be like no I can't I have to stretch for like two hours and also it was causing me extreme anxiety to go to different social events with my stomach that would literally flare up from eating anything. I just couldn't eat socially anymore. Mm -hmm. And so specifically with food, did that experience in your teens kind of lead you to believe that you had like different food allergies, like you mentioned, were you trying like different, um, like elimination diets and things like that in an effort to try to bring those symptoms down? Yeah, I was always an intuitive person. I still am. And I knew at a very young age, like around 10, I just, I never liked eating meat. Mm-hmm. And I went plant-based when I was 10 and then completely um, cut out any animal product when I was 13. And it helped me. I don't know, like everyone is so individualized. I'm not saying you have to be plant-based, you have to go vegan or anything like that. It just seems like for me, and or at least in this season of my life, that works for me. So I got these little pings along the way, even before I started chasing a diagnosis, where I would just think, oh, you know, I don't think eating meat is right for me. And I wonder if that was just my body telling me because your body speaks to you in -hmm. different symptoms, that this was a route I had to pursue with my diet. And then later on, when I started to become allergic or allergic to everything I wondered am I really developing allergies to everything I eat now this is pretty insane I don't know what to do so I told my parents when I was I think I was 19 I told my parents that we have to figure something out so my mom took me to a nutritionist and she did a skin prick test on me And sure enough, I tested positive for like 75% of the foods that she tested me for. And she tested me for like 80 foods. So 
that was wild. When we got the results back, my mom and I were like, oh, whoa, this is insane. Mm -hmm. Michaela, you're allergic to so many foods. You're going to have such a restricted diet. Like, what are we going to do? So the nutritionist said that in cases like this, she suspects that they're false positives because my body was in such a state of inflammation Mm -hmm that it was reacting to food that it wasn't actually allergic to. Mm -hmm. So you get these false positive results, but it's not actually a food that you're allergic to. So she said, this is indicative of leaky gut. Mm -hmm. And she said that we don't know what caused it, but your um, gut is in an extreme state of Um, inflammation so we we have to get this inflammation down and then um, after we do that you'll probably be able to safely tolerate all the other foods that you tested positive for because the body has the beautiful ability to repair itself so she had me on an elimination diet for about a month in which I only ate the food that I tested positive tested negative for (laughs) And um, then during that month, I actually started to feel better because the inflammation was going down. But then after that month, she tested me again with the skin prick test and I tested positive for all the same foods, which Mm -hmm. was very interesting because we're supposed to be progressing and not, you know, staying the same, especially because I was feeling better. Mm -hmm. So she said, you know, you didn't get these issues overnight you'll probably have to do a detox for let's say a few more months, let's try three months, and then Mm -hmm. we'll reintroduce the foods back in. So long story short, I never was safely able to introduce the foods back into my diet. So that was a red flag for me and my mom, because we were like, it's it's not leaky gut, like, yes, it's leaky gut, but there's something else Mm -hmm. that is causing this, it's not idiopathic we have to figure this out. And we got to a point with our nutritionist that we just kind of parted ways, not that we were on bad terms at all. We just got to a point where the nutritionist was like, well, I can help people lower their cholesterol, I can help people like get on some sort of meal plan. But you, Michaela, you are just an atypical case, I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. So We were living in the Bay Area at that time, and there was UCSF and Stanford Medical Hospital, state-of-the-art research centers. So the nutritionist said, I can send you here. This might be a good place for you to get your answers because they have a lot of different technology and testing that they can do, and it might um, offer answers that I needed. So she referred me to a gastroenterologist at Stanford and we pretty much got nowhere there either. Mm-hmm. I bounced from specialist to specialist to specialist. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of these things where there's specialists for like every single symptom under the sun, but none of these doctors look at your body as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of, so being a human science experiment, I was pretty much tested for so many things. I got 
an endoscopy, a colonoscopy. I got multiple ultrasounds, uh, something called a gastric emptying study, which measures how fast your digestion works, which ended up giving me uh, a diagnosis of gastroparesis. So that just um, basically said that my digestion was, well, my, um, my stomach was partially paralyzed and my pacemaker cells in my digestion were very slow. So yes, that was a diagnosis and that was the closest I ever got to getting a concrete answer at Stanford. However, it pretty much just said what I came in complaining about that I was voted mm -hmm. all the time and mm -hmm. my digestion's really sluggish. Again, it's still when you really look at it, it's still a symptom and not mm -hmm. the root cause because they never understood why my stomach was partially paralyzed. And they offered me what do you know, prescriptions mm -hmm. to force my pacemaker cells to speed up. But both my mom and I are intuitive beings. And we just knew that that just did not sound right to us. To take a pill to force your body into submission to do something that you needed to do does not sound like it's the right answer. Now, of course, if you absolutely have to. I'm not saying that you only go the natural route. I wholly believe in taking a pharmaceutical if that's the last resort. But at this point, we didn't even have a solid diagnosis for me yet. So we didn't want to just like skip through all the natural remedies just to go straight to a pharmaceutical. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you still didn't have a Lyme diagnosis no. So, so I should also um, fill in some of the blanks with my rashes. So I was having the digestive issues. And then I also had the skin rashes. So my mom would take me to the pediatrician. This is going back. Now we're back into Connecticut. Mm -hmm. um, when I was like five, six, seven, and the um, pediatrician would write out a prescription and it would be for a topical ointment that had steroids in it and it would always uh clear up my skin mm -hmm. but it would never work in the long term it was just a short-term mm -hmm. solution so like a few months later I'd have another flare my mom would take me to the pediatrician same thing so it was just basically putting band-aids over bullet wounds and not once did the pediatrician ask about my diet or my mental health or anything like that I think just at that time we were not informed about like looking at the body as a whole and how everything is connected. So we didn't put the puzzle pieces back together. Mm -hmm. However, when we moved from Connecticut to the Bay Area, California, uh, my eczema magically started to get better. So we all thought it was more so climate related because on the East Coast, it's a lot more humid than on the West Coast, even though San Francisco is foggy a lot and it's kind of mm -hmm. damp, uh, it's still less humid than it is on the East Coast. So we just kind of chalked up my skin issues to the climate. So when I went to see the nutritionist during that time, when I was going through the whole detox and elimination diet, my skin started to flare up again. So I was like, mm. great. 
not only is my digestion terrible and getting worse and worse every day, but my skin is flare-ups are coming back. So we are not working in the right direction. So during that time going to Stanford, I was also having these insane rashes on my skin too. So everything was just coming out of the woodwork again. All the symptoms were um, getting worse. And it's in that time that I developed these rashes on my hands that rendered my fingers immobile. So wow. if I went like this, the skin around my knuckles would just crack and bleed. Mm -hmm. And that's when we started my July, which is my mom and my clean skincare company that we still run. And it was really born out of necessity when mm -hmm. I literally could not use my hands anymore. And I was living at home, going to school online for graphic design. So I was just so grateful that I chose to be an online student. And this, mm -hmm. I chose to be an online student before any, any of this even happened. So I think that it was just the universe directing me to this path mm -hmm. because it ended up being such a blessing that basically all I could do with my hands was just like hover over the keyboard and go like that. Mm -hmm. I couldn't bed. I couldn't wash my hair. I couldn't walk my dog. I couldn't drive. I couldn't cut up my own food to eat. So my mom had to do all of that, which I'm so grateful that she did. She was such a pillar of support. So that's how my July started. And then after now I'm going back now, I'm jumping back to hopefully your listeners are not going to be super confused because there's so <laughs> many parts to this journey. But um, at Stanford, uh, I just reached a point where I was so fed up with these doctors that I started to become my own health advocate and take matters into my own hands and do my own research. Mm -hmm. Because as I mentioned, I'm a really self-motivated, driven person. So when I wasn't getting my answers, I was just like, you know what? I am just done with these doctors. They just know how to prescribe a pill. And that's basically it, which I'm not bad mouthing doctors. I mean, they're great to treat acute illness. Mm -hmm. but they're just not well-trained to treat chronic illness. And that is a huge disconnect in our medical system, which mm -hmm. is unfortunate. But I took to the University of Google and started Googling all of my symptoms and just becoming a, a student of learning all about chronic illness and how it manifests itself in um, person as, um, as symptoms. And how um, it can just compound over years mm -hmm. to become like one big perfect storm. And I read about the symptoms of Lyme disease and mold toxicity and parasite overgrowth and candida overgrowth and all these infectious diseases that I felt like my symptoms really closely matched those symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I stumbled upon some online support groups that were all about chronic illness. And I asked in those forums, hey guys, these are my symptoms. Do you think that it's Lyme disease? Do you think it's mold? I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, these tests are not covered by insurance and I don't want to shell out a lot of money to see a Lyme specialist if it ends up not being Lyme disease mm -hmm. because- I was trying to go through the doctors that were covered by my insurance because at the time I was 26 mm -hmm. and 
I was still covered by my parents' insurance. And then after I um, turned 20, no, I was younger than 26. And then once I turned 26, I was no longer covered by my parents' insurance. And that's when I started really more seriously thinking about seeing a Lyme literate medical doctor because I was like, well, I'm not even covered by my parents' insurance anymore. So mm-hmm. what's the point? So I ended up going to see a doctor in LA, Dr. Erica Lehman. My dad, as a graduation gift, because I graduated in 2020, I graduated in 2020. I should have graduated in 2016, but I ended up dropping down to doing school part-time because Mm -hmm. all of this madness happened in the middle of me going to school. I I got super sick, started a business in the middle of it all too. And it was just way too much to try to get my BFA in graphic design in the four-year program. And Mm -hmm. my school was super understanding. And they said, you know, just take your time, just do it part-time, do whatever you need to do, kind of create your own curriculum. And um, like, I was really in no rush. So I graduated in 2020. My dad, as a graduation gift, gifted me the first visit to see the Lyme literate medical doctor that I saw in LA. And it was such a lifesaver actually even though it was such a weird out of the box not mainstream all gift but the doctor Dr. Erica Lehman pretty much diagnosed me on the spot Mm -hmm. she that these rashes I was experiencing are not eczema they are a symptom of babesia which is a co-infection of Lyme disease which affects the skin Mm. and my sluggish digestion is due to parasite overgrowth and also Bartonella which causes Bell's palsy of mm. different organs. And Bell's palsy is pretty much um, just like paralysis. So pretty much in that initial visit, I got mm-hmm. all the answers that I needed. Everything was coming together. And I mm-hmm. started to think, wow, all of this makes so much sense. So um, Erica Lehman, uh, she just said that she has to run all of the clinical tests just to get like a dog diagnosis on paper but that was pretty much my journey to a Lyme diagnosis wow that is such a long journey so it sounds like it took about six or seven years from the point that you really started to investigate until you got your answers excuse me but i have to tell you about the number one mineral that has helped me maintain a baseline of hormone and overall health it is the fourth most abundant mineral in our anatomy and it supports over 300 essential functions throughout the human body yet as many as 75 percent of americans are deficient in this critical mineral No matter what stage of life you are in, from puberty to menopause, your well-being will benefit from magnesium. Things like monoculture, mass agriculture, and overprocessing within our food supply chain have resulted in a lack of magnesium in our daily nutritional intake. Magnesium deficiency can lead to issues that create more issues, including mood disorders, sleep problems, muscle cramps, inability to absorb essential vitamins and nutrients like vitamin D, and... PMS symptoms. I have a whole podcast episode on this. So go check out episode number 13. If you want to learn how crucial magnesium is for hormone health and why Ned's mellow magnesium is superior 
This magnesium is so great and it's so easy to incorporate into your daily routine. I hope that you are drinking a glass of water in the morning. You just have to add a scoop of the mellow powder and your body will absorb the three high quality types of magnesium plus L-theanine and GABA throughout the day. I swear you will notice an improvement in how your body handles stress. Ned also makes other great products like their CBD balance blend. This supports healthy hormones at every stage of life and it has been a part of my daily routine since I began my natural cycles journey almost five years ago. Another great product they have is their Immunity Hero. I have been loving this this winter season. It's packed with botanicals to keep you healthy when cold and flu season is upon us. All you have to do is use my code spring to life to save 15% off every order. Now back to the podcast. What type of uh, feeling did that give you to finally have like a concrete answer that it wasn't like the solution, but it gives you a pathway to healing? I was so relieved. Of course, I wasn't like jumping for joy. Like, yeah, I have Lyme disease. It's not something that you really want to have, Mm -hmm. but just going through the ringer with all these doctors who ultimately would tell me, oh, it's all in your head, or you just need to de-stress, or you just need to learn to live with it. It was such a moment of validation Mm -hmm. for me to realize it's not all in my head. Well, yes, I actually like to say yes, it is, because I I literally have neurological Lyme disease, so it is Mm -hmm. in my head. I have bugs in my head, but um, it wasn't something that I just had made up, Mm -hmm. and it was a moment for me to have something to target because you can't heal if you don't have something that you like a marker where you're um, trying to heal from. Mm -hmm. So it was a moment of clarity. It was a moment for me to really begin my healing journey because I was just kind of floating in some sort of like nebulous and not really knowing what direction I needed to go in. So I I had um, definitely something to target. And I always like to say, I was no no longer treading water. I was swimming towards an island with Mm -hmm. a support by my side. That's so awesome. It just has to be such a good feeling. And it seems like uh, from with chronically hacked, you're trying to maybe shorten that time frame for other people that are maybe experiencing some of the things that you went through. Can you explain what chronically hacked is and how it aims to help other people? Yeah, at this point, I am about three years into my healing journey, and I'm not in remission yet, but I am so much better than I was before. And in one of those online forums that I mentioned, um, those support groups for chronic illness, I met someone named Diana, who also was newly diagnosed with Lyme disease when I was newly diagnosed with Lyme disease. And we got to chatting and we both discovered that we lived in, both lived in LA. And I should also mention in that time, um, like the few months after I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, I ended up moving to LA because San Francisco is pretty damp and cloudy and it has kind of a 
misty at all times weather, which is not mm -hmm. ideal for healing from mold. So a drier, hotter climate is just better for me all around. I feel so much better living in LA. So my family and I moved to LA during COVID, um, trying to condense something, um, a, a, another story into something short. Uh, my dad worked for a bank at the time, and he had to obviously go to the bank and, in person. Mm -hmm. But during COVID, he had a mandate to work from home. So in that time, we snuck down to LA and um, he was just like, well, if I just log on for my computer, no one's going to know I'm in LA. And then in that mm -hmm. time, he could find a job um, down here. So that's what gave us the opportunity to move down here. So that's how I landed in LA. So I was talking to Diana on the online um, chat, and we both discovered that we are both entrepreneurs. She has a boutique chef service called Kitchen Remedy, and we really hit it off. And we ended up ultimately seeing the same Lyme doctor. So after months and months of us just chatting and constantly talking about our doctor's visits and like crazy things that happened to us or mm -hmm. different supplements that we're on and what's worked for us and what hasn't worked for us, we started to realize we have all of this knowledge that we are just getting from um, experience. And mm -hmm. that truly is the best prerequisite to teach others that if we shared this with others, it would help so many other people along the way. And it took us so many years to get to where we are now that it would, as you said, shorten the time it would take other people to get diagnosed, to get on their healing journey mm -hmm. and to overall just gain clarity on their health. Yeah. That's so awesome. Wow. And like, hapless born. yeah, yeah that, I really love that. And when, um, when I learned about what you do, I thought that's so cool just to give people just kind of like a roadmap of what to expect, mm -hmm. because like you said, a lot of times when people are going to the doctors, even if it's not like women, especially going to the doctor, you get brushed off a lot or you get told it's in your head. And like you said, listening to your intuition is so important, but you can really get like steered off that path, especially with like pharmaceutical interventions and things like that. So giving people that space to be able to uh, connect with people that are having similar experiences and connect them with resources that are more suited to their needs is so important. And like, it's such a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, it's something that was, again, born out of necessity. I would say the best businesses are born out of necessity. Mm -hmm. And this is just another silver lining of my illness. There are so many beautiful things that have actually come out of my Lyme disease that I don't think that if I went back in life, um, I would not have my illnesses. I wouldn't wish them on anyone, mm -hmm. but there are so many good things that came out of it. And I truly believe that one of my purposes in life is to help others. And mm -hmm. this is a golden opportunity to do so. So for those of you wondering what Chronically Hacked is too, it's an online course that is a series of eight video modules and an accompanying ebook. And we have so many leading Lyme advocates that have contributed to it like Ali Hilfiger was interviewed in it, 
Holly Owens from Wealthy Belly, which is um, her her brand, uh, who she's in remission right now, but she had Lyme disease. She was interviewed to Dr. Richard Horowitz, who is one of the um, leading Lyme doctors who really pioneered um, Lyme testing and all of these different remedies for Lyme disease wrote the foreword to our ebook. So we have a lot of really, um, really wise and um, really powerful in the Lyme industry um, individuals who are a part of Chronically Hacked. And that's just such a beautiful thing. And we're so, so grateful that we've created this community. And it's not only about Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. I just say Lyme as an umbrella term. And it also covers mold, parasites, candida, Mm -hmm. thyroid diseases, anything that kind of goes hand in hand with the whole Lyme diagnosis. Yeah, that's so cool. And I think like you mentioned, paying out of pocket for some of these practitioners can get really costly. I'm thinking now of like, I can't remember the name of this Netflix series, but there was one that came out a couple years ago that was about people living with chronic illness. And it kind of was like just showcasing all of the crazy things, like crazy things that they were doing to try and heal themselves because they weren't getting real help or answers from conventional medical doctors. And it was it was kind of wild to see like what all these people were doing and all the money that they were spending and really money that they didn't have so to have a resource for people to go to and be like okay this is the most direct path that you can take these are the things that it's important to invest in and maybe these are the things that are like optional maybe not the best use of your money so that people can really use, you know, get to the root of things much more efficiently. I think that that is a really awesome resource for people that are experiencing any type of chronic illness, like you mentioned. Yeah, a hundred percent. Not only does chronically hacked cut out so many years of mm-hmm. trying to seek a diagnosis, but a lot of money too, because in the course, we tell people straight up, like, this is what worked for us. This is what didn't work for us. Of course, Again, everyone is so individualized, but it does provide a roadmap to like people um, just gaining clarity on what is maybe worth investing in mm-hmm. and what be ho- worth holding off on until later. So it's something that Diana and I both wish that we had when we were just beginning our health journey. Wow. Well, I'm sure that you are helping so many people. We'll be sure to link that course in the show notes. I have a question that I kind of, I wanted to ask earlier, but I think it still applies. I'm curious um, because you, you mentioned that you didn't really start to address like your major symptoms until your late teens. Uh, but when you, your family discovered that black mold in your home and you did some mold remediation, did you or any of your family do any actual like remediation on your bodies physically um, for your own health or was it just like structural in the home it was just structural and I think even now people don't realize the 
traumatic effects that mold can have on you. Mm-hmm. I always say if someone is just feeling like kind of off, not feeling too hot, not like they're bedridden, mm-hmm. but they just feel like maybe some digestive issues or some cognitive issues or sleeping issues and mm-hmm. nothing has changed, always get your home tested for mold because mm-hmm. that oftentimes is something that is overlooked and it could be the root cause. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I've stayed in places for short periods of time where you just like, don't feel yourself, like your energy is drained or you just feel like, Oh, I can't get enough rest. And I've, I've been like, okay, I think I need to remove myself from Mm -hmm. this environment because there's something here that is not good for my health. So it's always worth investigating those types of things because your home should be your sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So I think my family just thought that once they got everything cleared up in the house, mm-hmm. they didn't think about working on my body and my parents didn't feel symptoms. Mm-hmm. So I think that I'm, of course, they probably had some toxicity in them. They were exposed to the same black mold that I was, but since my immunity was so low because mm-hmm. I was an infant versus they were adults, mm-hmm. they probably didn't even think about it because they didn't feel effects. Yeah. And also like however many years ago that was, it was not really, I mean, it's becoming more mainstream now to talk about these types of things and it address these types of issues, but then it probably wasn't like one of the, nobody was saying, Hey, like you also need to treat your body for mold toxicity. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to talk a little bit more about my July, the brand that you and your mom run together. I'm really excited to try some of your body butter because it's winter here in Montana. It's, I know it's just October, but it snowed last week. It's gotten really cold and I knew my skin was going to get dry, but as soon as the weather turned, it got cold. My knuckles are all crusty and dry and cracking. So I'm really excited to try your body butter. It sounds like based on what it was formulated for, it's really going to be helpful. Um, How did you kind of bridge that gap from this being something you and your mom were making at home to being something that you wanted to sell to other people? When we started working on creating topical treatments for me, we went through a lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. And we finally came upon a formula that really worked for me. Now, I'm not going to go and say it was the miracle balm that solved everything, because at that time, I was still trying to chase a diagnosis. I still didn't know what was going on with my body. I had undiagnosed Lyme disease and mold and everything. It did help my skin a lot, but I also had to address everything else that was going on with my body. Mm-hmm. So it did solve everything, but it is, it still is an integral part of my toolkit that I use in addition to all the other healing remedies that I do for my body. Like I see my doctor regularly, I get acupuncture mm-hmm. and I go to a sauna and all that jazz. But Upon doing all this research on natural skincare, more so my mom, actually, she is the research queen and she really took it upon herself to create a topical treatment for me because she loves cooking. So I think it was just a way for her to take her love of cooking and kind of shift it into something else Mm -hmm. that was still in the cooking realm. But um, she would tinker away in the kitchen and do all this research on essential oils and 
different ingredients that you even have in your kitchen that are great for your skin, like olive oil and mm -hmm. avocado oil and uh, coconut oil. And she made this formulation that um, worked for me. And she discovered that there's so many bad ingredients in skincare mm -hmm. that is not even listed on, in the ingredients. If something is under 0.5% of um, the ingredients in a skincare product, the company does not have to list it. So that just opens up Pandora's box for you don't know what is mm -hmm. in there. And that's scary. And this is mainly a United States problem because mm -hmm. Europe has stricter regulations. And ultimately, I'd love to see the United States get a little bit more strict with their regulations. But mm -hmm. as of now, it's not really. So we thought that surely I'm not the only person dealing with chronic illness who really needs to have clean, natural, pure skincare. But uh, other people are struggling with this too and also even if you're not struggling with chronic illness like my mom you still don't want to put chemicals on your skin that's not like mm -hmm. a green light to put chemicals on your skin just because you don't feel effects from it and we're so burdened by toxicity all around us pollution mm -hmm. just go outside and breathe the air and we're polluted from that and we can't control that However, we can control what we put on our skin and mm -hmm. what we um, put and what we digest too. And if you think about it, what you put on your skin is really like what you're feeding your skin. If you mm -hmm. wouldn't eat chemicals, why would you put chemicals on your skin? Because your skin is your largest organ of your body. So you're essentially still feeding your body chemicals. Mm -hmm. So it's just... A good everyday skincare that's suitable for all skin types, all ages, and it's just really good um, just to moisturize and put something on your skin that you feel good about. And we have body butters, body oils, a face oil, a repair balm, and a face mist. Wow. So, yeah, just a little nice um roster of different moisturizers and you have a body butter coming your way you'll probably get it by end of the week oh I'm so, so excited yeah, to try just it. in time for dry skin season yes I'm such a clean skincare junkie at the beginning of my healing journey I was dealing with really bad hormonal cystic acne and so I went down that whole rabbit hole of discovering things that were pore clogging and irritating and all of those you know, ingredients that you don't even see on the label that are really harmful. So anytime I get to try something that's clean and also small women business owned, I just absolutely love it. So I'm so excited to try that. And I'm sure the audience is going to want to check it out too, especially as we go into this winter season. Um, and how is, I'm curious, how is it running a business with your mom? Is that like really fun for you guys to get to be creative together and also run the business together? Oh, it's so much fun. I love my mom. She is my best friend. I'm an only child. So growing up, she'd be the one that I'd hang out with all the time. And I know like maybe it sounds lame, but I just loved spending time with my mom. Like I was an introverted kid and mm -hmm. 
I would hang out with my mom all the time. And I, I did have friends too. I wasn't like completely sheltered, but um, I always had like a very tight group of friends. And then I'd have my mom and we'd go shopping together growing up in Connecticut, it was pretty much a suburb of New York City. So mm -hmm. my mom would take me to New York City all the time. And we go see Broadway shows. And we would just walk all over the place and go to museums. And actually, that's how the name My July came about, because I have very specific fond memories of my mom taking me when I was on summer break mm -hmm. to New York City, or not even like going to the city it didn't have to be anything extravagant, just going grocery shopping. It would be mm -hmm. so much fun just mm -hmm. being off of school during the summer in July, going to the park or going to the beach with my mom. And I was also diagnosed with Lyme disease in July. So it July has been a very pivotal month for me without me even planning it. All these different events. I moved to California in July too. So oh, wow. Yeah, that's such a... wondering where the name <laughs> July came from. That's such a sweet sentimental name. And I actually, I was reading the post where you were describing that earlier today. And I thought that's pretty cool to, you know, wow. kind of commemorate that time in in all in your brand. That's really awesome. Um, I always love to ask my guests what your maybe like three wellness non-negotiables are right now, like on a daily basis. Okay. Um, I'm sure you probably have a big list, but what are yeah, like, the I'm three like that okay, you um, absolutely um, have to fit in? Let me narrow it down. Sleep is mm -hmm. so important. It's so overlooked. It's free. It's mm -hmm. easily accessible. And I always feel like a better person when I get it. Sunlight. Mm -hmm. I love, I always say like, I'm a, like a lizard. Like I just put <laughs> in the sun, like on a nice warm rock and I'll be good to go for a few hours. Love sunlight and hydrating. Just like drinking water throughout the day. We are basically houseplants, right? <laughs> You yeah, just need the yeah. sun and the water yeah, and some rest. Exactly. Yeah. I just described like my, my yeah. No, I love that because that's so basic. It doesn't have to be, you know, something that's really expensive or something that's really hard to access. Like your wellness is so within your grasp when you take control of the variables in your life. Totally. Well, I am really excited to continue witnessing your healing journey and where your brands chronically hacked in my July go from here. Where can the audience find you? Where can they connect with you? They can find me on my personal Instagram. I'm at Michaela Who, and also I have a website, MichaelaHu.com. My July is myjuly.com. No, my myjulyskin.com. <laughs> Yeah, I can't even remember the name of my own website. The, you know, you are getting a look at my Lyme brain. This is what happens when I'm talking to someone for over an hour and my mind starts to go. Hoo. So mm -hmm. this is like an example of me having a Lyme monkey brain. MyJulySkin.com is where you can shop MyJuly. And we're on Instagram at MyJulySkin. Chronically Hacked is at Chronically Hacked on Instagram. And chronicallyhacked.com is awesome. where you can find the course and purchase the course. Well, we'll be sure to link all of those in the show notes. And I'm so glad that you could join me on the podcast today. Thanks for being here, Michaela. I'm so honored to come on here. This was so much fun. 
Yeah, this was a great conversation. Thank you to everybody that has been listening. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and following on whatever podcast platform is of yours of choice. And I will talk to you next week.